For almost 40 years, an incredible phenomena has been occurring in a remote village of Bosnia-Herzegovina, which may contain secrets that could change life as we know it. After hearing of a number of miracles from first-hand witnesses, I wonder if this could be a giant wake-up call for humanity. Considering once these secrets are revealed, it could be too late, this just might be worth taking a look into. I'm Shannon Gieselman, and since the day I discovered this place called Medjugorje, I haven't been able to take my mind off of it. Why doesn't everyone know about it? Well, join me as I bring real-life stories of miracles of Medjugorje and why this is a modern-day case for grace. Welcome back to Miracles of Medjugorje, a case for grace. I'm Shannon Gieselman, and today I am happy and thrilled and honored to welcome my mother, Elaine Leatherwood, who just joined me on our first, we both had our first pilgrimage to Medjugorje, and we're back here to, we wanted to share our experiences with you from the eyes of first timers. We just hope that you find it valuable. If you've ever considered going to Medjugorje, you can see kind of the impact that it had on us. As we open up this this podcast, I'd like to start with a prayer. So mom, why don't we open it with our father? In the name of the father, the son, and the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Amen. Our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses. As we forgive those who trespass against us, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Heavenly Father, I also ask that you use us and through our experience of Medjugorje, we can convey um, the miracles and the wonders and the, the faith in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and how his mother comes to us in Medjugorje to help foster and kindle us the the love and the belief and the faith that we can take that and share our experience because that's what it's all about is being witness to your love in the name of the father son and the holy spirit amen okay so mom thank you for taking the time out i know um it's been a rough re-entry for us having come back to reality, first of all, that's number one reentry. And then not only have we had jet lag, but we face the elements of traveling during these crazy times of COVID, wearing masks again. We didn't really have to face that there. It was like a Shangri-La of away from the COVID. It's like it didn't exist there, right? So um, anyway, the first miracle that we experienced, I would say, was checking into the airport in San Diego. So our first leg of travel we get there, we check in, and we say we're traveling to Croatia. Punches it up on his computer. He goes, oh, there's a red flag warning. There's no travel into Croatia. I'm like, how could this be? I just had a friend that went out there yesterday. There's a whole group of us that are leaving today, and I haven't gotten any word or any cancellations. So how could that be? And then he says, well, we do get daily updates, and we don't, never know. Everything, every day is different. And so when he said this, then he kind of just said, well, um, he steps aside and he goes to the back. And I, I guess I, I texted my travel agent and she says, oh, Shannon, you're not going to, you're not traveling to Croatia. You're actually staying in Bosnia and Herzegovina. So I had to clarify that with him. And that's when he took that information and stepped to the back and maybe did some checks. He was gone for about, I would say five or six minutes, wouldn't you say? Yes. And you were doing your rosary in the meantime. I immediately pulled out my rosary and said, okay, Mother Mary, 
<laughs> here's our first, you know, obstacle. It's up to you. He says, we can't go, but if you want us to go, I know you'll clear the way. I was, I was just praying. We were very quiet and melancholy, like, oh gosh, this is crazy. And then he comes out like six, seven minutes later and he had the papers in his hand. He said, okay, yeah, it's, it's all fine for Croatia. You just can't stay in Croatia. You have to go to Bosnia or Herzegovina. And he was very easygoing about that. We come to find out later that several other pilgrims actually encountered one and two hour it delays in arguments with the supervisors until they could get cleared. So we actually got off pretty good. But anyway, so that was our first miracle. And then I would say our second miracle was they upgraded us for the low, low price of $7.99, <laughs> which inside joke, as you know, mama was telling you, wouldn't it be great if we could just like, you know, negotiate with them. It seems like they're, the flights are empty these days. And seeing as how they have this nice bed, that's just going to go empty for nine hours while we're in economy, maybe they'd be willing to negotiate. So we get there and the guy's telling us, oh no, it's sold out. And then, and then we're talking to him. Well, just for kicks and giggles, what's the, what's it look like on the way back? And he says, oh no, wait a second. And he, his computer repopulates this seven, nine. Oh, 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 backing up, backing up. I said, so my, when I put it out there, I, I cast out there saying, wouldn't it be great if we can negotiate a price of two for 800, two people for 800 each. Usually these flights go for like 12 and $1,400 per segment. Right. So I thought, well, I just threw it out there. $800. That was my imaginary number. And then once you know it, he says, Oh, looky there, there are several seats available and there's it's seven dollars $799, like sold. <laughs> so that was our other second miracle. We spoke into existence, our upgraded first class. Oh, I'm just laughing because you are just so amazing. And uh, you are, we're doing all this in prayer and the things that you imagined and verbalized came true. So there was no other explanation for just out of the whim of you. You were just joking about things. I was like joking it, about it. And then it happened. It was very strange. Yeah, very strange. So, so we had a, we had a pretty smooth travel and there was four stops, which is more than usual because of the limited availability of connections. So we went from San Diego to Houston, Houston to Frankfurt, met up with the rest of the group in Frankfurt and went to Zagreb and then Dubrovnik. So once we landed in Dubrovnik, we got on a, a motor coach, nice, beautiful motor coach. And it was a three and a half hour drive. I would say that was interesting because as soon as we got on there, what was like one of the first things that we did, mom? Do you remember? We prayed the rosary. Yes. Like how many times do you remember praying the rosary? Five. What were you thinking? Because here you are, you don't normally pray the rosary. This is something that mostly only Catholics do, right? So what, what did you think about that? I love it. I'm with my daughter and we're doing something so extraordinary. And yes, I am not a Catholic and that has, a, I can maybe contribute something to others that, because I didn't understand all the Catholic religion. So when I went there, I did experience and now understand more than I ever have. Yeah. But what do you think about the rosary? Like that was a big part of the trip. Like we prayed that a lot the whole time we were there and you saw like, like Mickey, our guide, Mickey, he mm -hmm. is incredible, by the way. I can't say enough about him. He basically, he is the Rick Steves to Medjugorje is how I describe him. He is the be all know all everything. He's the best, but he, so he guided us and he kept asking us to pray the rosary on the bus as we're traveling over the border. Oh. 
And then we had a couple of gentlemen on the bus who had not received their negative COVID test. And you can't get past the border if you don't have your passport and a negative COVID test within 48 hours. They were going to have to stay in that town if they didn't have it. They were going to get kicked off the bus. So when we come to the border, it's like 1030 at night and we're praying the rosary. Oh my gosh, please send him the results. He never got the results. And so when we get to the border, the security guard told Mickey, you know what? It's late. Just give me the passports. No, no COVID test. Just come on in. So he got by. That was like, that was another little miracle. I would say another miracle occurred when we got to the Pantheon. We're helping everyone. I was helping everyone unload the luggage out of the motor coaches. And so I set my backpack down that had everything in it, the passports, the money, my ID, everything, air tickets, set it down. And I was unloading all the things. And then we had to bring them inside to the lobby and set it off to where, what floor were, they divided us into the floors. So the second and the third floor. So I put all of our luggage in that second floor category, right? You and I both walked away without our carry-ons and we went to go and join them for dinner at 10. It was late. We're completely disheveled. We are scatterbrained, you know, jet lagged, whatever. When we were hungry. So we finally just sat down to eat. We left our carry-ons in, I don't know, the lobby, the driveway, who knows what. And then we go upstairs and we realized we didn't have it. And then you found yours on the third floor. And then when I went into the room to go to bed, I was looking for my stuff and I go, oh my gosh, I don't have my backpack. And then I went down and reported, I don't have it. And then my by a last minute whim, I go up to the third floor. And of course there's my backpack. Yes. And I think I was the one that said, go to the third floor. You did. Yeah. And that's when you decided to go. Well, it was a scary, like 45 minutes or however long. Oh, it's beyond scary. When you have nothing, the passport and everything, all your money, everything. So it would just derailed our entire trip. They did a great job taking care of us and keeping us in line. (laughs) Okay, so we had a good night's sleep, wake up, breakfast at the pension. Let's talk about the food. The food was very simple. The Croatian food, I just remember not very much produce. It was very hard to get vegetables. Fruit and and produce is very hard to get there, we discovered. Uh, But they do the traditional meals, which we just really liked because you start with soup and then you get your vegetables and your cabbage salad. Yes, cabbage (laughs) salad on everything. With vinegar and olive oil, just a simple... And it was like a meat and potatoes. We had cauliflower mash, um, full on fish with the skin on it. Every meal was a little different and with a dessert. And wine, wine at lunch. Okay. Yes, wine at lunch. <laughs> <laughs> I needed it just to get by. I know, your feet. So the first day, I have my journal here that I'm kind of referencing. Uh, the first thing every day for all of Medjugorje is what's the most important way we start off our day? In prayer, we go to church, to mass. So we had the 10 o'clock English speaking mass where Father Leon was always our priest for the most part. I just remember everything being so intensified. Like I going to mass was never so holy and solemn. It was just, I remember going like this the whole time. Like I, my hands are clasped in prayer. Do you remember that? You were doing it too. Yes. Uh, it had a, a feeling. I just remember being there with my hands and praying and just being so in awe of everything. And in fact, every single mass, one of the most special things is I took it, I took the Holy Eucharist on my tongue without touching it and on my knees. That was one of the most significant things that I was able to do in Medjugorje that made it more powerful to me. And even the Eucharist, I swear it even tasted sweeter than at home. I have never been able to do that at home. You would look kind of, you would, people look at you cockeyed if you got down on your knees and put your tongue out. They would totally think, who is that person? I'm not even kidding, but that's the norm there. They take it on their tongue. They don't touch the heavenly body of Jesus. That's 
you know, that's like tainting it or something. You're, you take it on your tongue and bowing down on your knees. A lot of people that are really devout, that's what they believe. So I, I just felt like that intense, that it, everything was more intense and intensified. So I did it there, but I don't do it here. You know, I would like to, but it just, I know I feel like I'd feel out of place, but anyway, so how did you feel at mass? Overwhelmed being there and being in the church and all the people behind us, because we were on the front row <laughs> and to see um, Father Leon that I had seen before on all the uh, podcasts, just to see somebody in real life that you have seen and admired and listened to. Uh, so that was more meaningful to me. And I just sincerely just wanted to take it all in, pay attention because you can, your mind can drift real easy. And uh, that was significant to me. So after mass, what did we do? We went to um, the big, the big reveal of that day was it was the day before Mariana's apparition that we went there for the March 18th significant apparition. And so we were so hopeful that we'd be able to see her in person, get her monthly apparition that she used to have, or now it's annual. But did she greet us that morning at breakfast? The first morning she might've, it was the first morning. Yeah. So before I went to mass, she was there and she welcomed us. And then I have that on video. I should show that I'll give a snippet of that. And I'm truly ex extraordinary uh, happy to see how many children love her. I'm very excited, especially because of tomorrow. So everything touches me immediately. Because I know how difficult it is for all of you to come from the United States. And I think that Heavenly Mother sees that. Tell her tomorrow everything you have in your heart. For sure she's listening to you. Because for her there are no privileged ones. She loves us all with equal love. She chose me in order to give messages to me. So she chose every one of you. Just look at that. You have come now here. That is why I tell her with heart everything that you desire. And I'm sure that mother will listen to her children. Same as we earthly mothers are listening to our children when they ask us for something. I will not bother you too much now. I am really sorry that I cannot be with you for so much time. I mean, to be serving you. I came recently from hospital and some problems with my knees and with my uh, spine. And many other things. <laughs> but I'll be here every day. We will pray for you. Yes, yes, please. Now, if you want to do something for me, pray for those who have not come to know the love of God yet. Because in such a way, we'll take tears away from Our Lady's face. And then in that way, we'll pray for all of us. Because I said so. Everything I have in your hands, Mother. And then you will see what it's necessary for. That is why I'm kindly asking of you that we all pray for our brothers and sisters who have not come to know the love of God yet. Good appetite, everyone. Enjoy your meal. And if someone wants something, 
if there is something maybe you don't like what is offered or anything, please let us know. Because you really have to feel like you're in your own home. Because whoever comes to Medjugorje comes home because you come to your mother. That is why do not hesitate. No, if there is, you'll be given, okay? Open the fridge, no problem. Everything is here, everything you may desire. Thank you. Thank you. To me, I was just stunned because all of a sudden I see her in person and it just sets into your head, your heart, and it was just overwhelming. And then she actually greeted you and I. She greets the whole people that are in the dining room that have been a guest of hers and welcomes us with just saying, whatever you want, please ask for it. We want you to enjoy your stay and just welcoming so beautifully. But on the side, after she had said that, you and I went over to hug her to just just to say something small to her because everybody wanted to talk I said, to her I said I, I know I just kind of said this my mom and I came and she's like oh your mom and she just greeted us right and she said we were sisters yeah <laughs> I do remember that but she gave us the most beautiful warm hard hug and a hard kiss on our cheek and I just found that just unbelievable that she would take the time and she would give that beautiful love just to the two of us. You're just in shock. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's just awe-inspiring to see someone that has seen heaven and for 40 years almost, and it was just surreal. Okay, so they revealed to us that we weren't going to be able to see her have her apparition in public because she, she said that she was in so much pain that she had just gotten out of the hospital that she hurt her back her hips, her knees, her knees, I think, are shot from all the decades of kneeling on rocks for hours on end. I mean, this is what they do. All the other locations she was at, she was always on her knees. It just it's immediate for all the visionaries. And she walks with a little limp. Yes, she is hurting. So she apparently said- But she didn't want to discuss it. She didn't want to discuss it. And she just says- and we all wanted to pray for her. And that's when she just cut us off real severe and said, no. Do not pray for me. You pray for the unbelievers. Mm-hmm. And that was just a beautiful thing that she wanted for us to do. Just yeah, using our prayers to pray for unbelievers was more important. Yes. She didn't want us yes. to waste our prayers on her, basically. Exactly. It was more important to play, pray for the unbelievers. Yeah. So she was in private when she received her apparition. And she was just from the doctor and she was exhausted and she wanted to be with her family. And I can sure understand that just her family for this apparition that she was going to have. Yeah. As a backup, Mickey actually was able to arrange for us to have a VIP experience with an in-person apparition uh, invite into Maria, the other visionary who still receives on a daily basis apparitions from our blessed mother at 5 40 p.m every day just like clockwork and she built a chapel outside of her house that's just right next to it that she's able to receive her apparitions there so it housed i would say like 80 maybe 100 of us were sandwiched in there and i was up on the balcony you were we weren't even near each other but i was able to videotape the hour leading into seeing maria that was in, that was probably one of the most highlights of the whole trip is to be able to watch maria receive her apparition in person. Of course, they asked us not to videotape the holy moment and to just, you know, receive our blessed mother and 
give her our intentions and just take advantage of that moment, but not videotape it. So I didn't (laughs) as much as I wanted to, but I did uh, tape a lot of our hour. It was like an hour of praying the rosary in five different languages. I think we continued up until her apparition, right? When then she comes in, she came in like about 10 minutes before her apparition. So she sits down, she kneels down and she's, we're still praying. And then all of a sudden when she gets her apparition, this is, I just saw her looking up she was just looking at the statue of our blessed mother and, and she obviously was seeing the real thing and her mouth was moving. Like her mouth was moving. No words were coming out. She was just right. I couldn't hear because we don't, whatever she was saying, it was in the heavenly realm. For me, it was just knowing that the presence of the Virgin Mary was there yeah. and she was seeing it and us all crowded in to this beautiful chapel together and to be so privileged of actually witnessing this, it just, there's no words. It was, it was just a holy moment. And you knew you felt so close to her that I just was trying to, you know, cover all of my intentions The people that had given me their intentions to pray for them. I was, I had all my notes written out there. Like I was just giving it to her. What did she say? I have a, um, actually I'm going to play the snippet on my podcast and it's just basically her interpreting what the message was. What, what do you remember? I just remember her saying the blessed mother came and hovered over every one of you and basically looked each one of you in, in the eye and blessed us into the eyes and blessed us blessed us and all of our intentions and besides and all the thing all the items that we had brought with us and all the items uh-huh. during the operation when our lady appeared i recommended all of us all our intentions durante l'apparizione quando la madonna apparsa ho presentato tutti noi tutte le nostre intenzioni our lady looked at us almost each person uh, by person. Uh, la Madonna ci ha guardato tutti, quasi persona per persona. She extended her hands and she prayed over us. Uh, lei ha, uh, ha messo suoi mani, ha steso le mani sopra di noi ha pregato per noi. And she blessed all of us and lei ha, ha benedetto tutti noi. Because this is time of grace and we should thank to the Lord for the fact and for the gift that our Lady is still with us. As Our Lady invites us to take advantage of this time uh, for prayer, for, for good things, you know, especially now during the Lent, when there is better time for us to start to do that than now. Because Our Lady always invites us to conversion. La Madonna ci sempre invita a conversione. Our Lady invites us uh, to leave what is past is past, but to decide for holiness and uh, to strive for that. What else happened there was when after the whole thing was over, we were taking pictures. I remember seeing one of our friends who had been there like five times. This was her fifth trip there. She's done this. So she's been around the block and she was 
crying profusely, inconsolably. She just kept crying and crying. Did you see her? Yes, I did. And, and the next day I asked her friend, I go, what would happen to her? And she goes, oh, she always gets like that. It's like a um, separation anxiety. Once our blessed mother leaves, so it's not like she sees her or experiences her. She just has this emptiness in her heart. She that, And she just starts crying uncontrollably. Happens every time after an apparition, she says. That was wild. Well, of course, everybody's experience is different mm-hmm. and emotions are different. And so I think we have to understand that. And give grace, of course, to everyone. So what else? We also went and we learned the history, the beautiful outdoor, what's well, outdoor chapel, really, where 5,000 people can gather and we sit on a bench and he was up there answering our questions and telling us the history. That's right. The history is so important because there were several of us, which they asked to raise your hand this was at the breakfast of how many have never been here before. And they were astounded as to how many there were. I saw the hands and I thought like 20 or 25. Yeah. So um, I forgot about the orientation that he gave us in the back of the church and going over that. And we did a little Q and a, yeah, but this area, there's a name for it. It's something like a pavilion. It's, it's the added on section. Okay. So the chapel holds 2000 people inside the main church but in the they had to build out because they got so many people they had to house them outside and so they have benches and benches out in the backyard and they also have like a stage where they also celebrate mass in the back as well so that's the outdoor mass and it holds five thousand people and they could be giving mass in croatian and then you can get your translation Okay. So then the next day I ventured out to wake up at four 30 in the morning and participate in the daily rosary that they've been, the locals have been going on a daily rosary hike up apparition Hill every morning at 5am for like 200 and some days. Remember their goal is to do all 365 days, right? Leading up to the 40th anniversary on June 24th, so started yeah. last year, June 24th. And I joined them on day 266 or whatever it was. And it was pitch black and it's kind of eerie, you know, but you're with all the people. And there was probably about 12 of us Americans. And we were kind of uh, washed out with about 200, I want to say Polish people. They were just swarmed all over the hill. They dominated. Okay. And so they were saying the rosary in Polish. And all I remember is going, what, I don't know what we're saying, but I'm just going to try to focus and say, our father, art in heaven and say it in English. Right. And I just kept saying our father, art in heaven, hallowed be the name. Hail Mary, full of grace. Lord. And then by the time we're like halfway through, I was so dominated that I ended up starting praying in Polish. I, which all I remember was Santa Maria, Bushka, Bushka. <laughs> and I just, if you can't beat them, join them. Right. So I just kept praying with them. <laughs> and that's wonderful. I just think that's wonderful that you did that really special and it was called for actually for you to join in with them it was just so cool i mean it's freezing cold but we're all bundled up and we're just climbing with our little flashlights and you don't know which step you're taking it's the first time i've ever done this i don't know where i'm going what i'm doing and everyone's speaking in a different language so it was pretty out there and then the sun starts rising and then you're up at the top of the apparition hill and you can see in the background here that i have and you can see the sun is rising and the roosters are cooing and and the bells are going off at St. James. And it was just so out of a scene from a movie. It was so neat. And then we reached the, the statue, the Blessed Mother, and everyone starts kneeling down and continuing to pray and offering up their intentions. And it just it's just to see so many people in that space where you're just like praying and worshiping and just in awe. 
You know, it was a holy moment. to the the cross the wooden cross where jesus is and you know touched his feet and said a prayer there and then you just kind of everyone starts dispersing down the hill and you just kind of have your own moment and we took i saw beth was there my friend beth and she took a picture with me up there and just looking around and taking it all in walking up apparition hill you could really appreciate the fact that when the children first were seen scaling up that mountain and they did it in like two minutes I can tell you on experience, these rocks are so jagged. I've never seen anything like it. They're so jagged. You have to watch your step. You, every step you take, you can't just scurry along. And for them to do it in two minutes, they it, it takes an easy 15, 20 minutes just to get up there. So that's not normal. I have appreciation. Well, remember, nothing is normal in Medjugorje. <laughs> <laughs> right. It can't be. And uh, that was the miracle that the little children were given to go up there and they just scurried up there because they knew the mother was waiting for them. They, they were floating, gliding up like she was carrying them. Yes. Yeah. So apparition hill. And then to me, what was more amazing is that we were there the exact time that Mariana had her apparition. And that was just so special because she hadn't had one in a year and we were there and we were supposed to go last year and be there for it, but we got shut down. One of my friends um, on the 18th, when we were up on Apparition Hill that day to, while Mariana was actually receiving her apparition, my friend goes, she looked at her watch. She goes, 127. I feel like that's when I felt our blessed mother's presence. She felt her presence in the area. Like she felt, and that turns out to be about exactly when our Blessed Mother came to Mariana. That's when she had her apparition. I don't know if I told you that one. It, to me, it's all a miracle. And it's, it's you just can't believe what's going on. It's just beautiful to see what the next one's going to be. Enjoy. You don't have to explain it. You enjoy the miracle. Um, okay, so that day we also went on a village tour. And I thought that was so special. We had incredible weather, by the way. Let's talk about that. We were supposed to have one or two days of sunny weather. And then it was like Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It was supposed to be 90% chance rain. We brought our ponchos. We had our umbrellas. We were prepared to totally have rain the entire, the bulk of our trip. And what happened? Gorgeous weather. Gorgeous. Sunshine, sunshine yeah. for our- It was perfect. And I remember specifically that the, the weather was so nice when we went to go see the village tour. We're walking around. I have pictures of Mickey explaining how people didn't have do- locks on their doors and people just come on in and have a cup of coffee with each other. They always had boiling water on their stove, wood burning stoves for cleaning, for cooking. They had their yards were sectioned off with cement um, fences kind of thing. So they could keep their goats and their chickens all contained <laughs> in their yards. And, and then the dilapidated buildings, and I'll show all this too on video, but. Um, yes. It, uh, Nicky was again, doing the most beautiful touring and he took us to all the old villages so we could see what yes, it was like. It's still there. It's stones. It's just stones and cobblestones and then just dirt roads. So uh, we saw that part because now a lot of Medjugorje is more modern. You're taken right back in history when you see it. Yeah. I still feel like a lot of it is retained pretty old, pretty basic. Everything's very simple, very simple building structures. Very small. Not a whole lot of fluff going on there. What else do you remember about the tour? I I remember how they were, they had to disguise the priests. 
the priests in town because they had to, and they they couldn't tell the children a such and such priest is coming to visit us. They had to say uncle. They had to call him uncle. That was the code name for priest because if if they found out that a priest was there, they could be taken off and arrested. Arrested and who knows what tortured, put into some labor camp. That's what they did with them. Yes, because they just had to go underground in their faith and they couldn't even verbalize yeah. a priest's name. They, they could meet in the church and go to mass, but they couldn't talk out about it outside of church or display any sort of religious articles or anything like that. So um, that village tour was very cool. Again, just because of Mickey telling us all the, the ins and outs of it. And we saw Visca's house. We walked by that, the old blue house. The, the original house, the original house where Visca lived. Yes. And that was very meaningful, of course, to see these visionaries' homes, not all of them, uh, but it was just remarkable. Yeah. And there was a story that one of our fellow pilgrims had that we weren't there, but we saw the picture. And um, one gentleman, he was taking pictures of Blessed Virgin statue outside of Visca's home. And he noticed he was snapped one picture and they snapped the second picture. And he looked at it, he goes, what, what happened? It, the, the head in the statue literally turned like this and, it, and he didn't move. He was taking picture after picture right in the same area. And I saw with my own eyes, this picture, mom, you didn't see it, did you? You never No, oh, I didn't. Oh. So it was like this in one picture. And then it was like this in the other picture. Like even the torso was moved. It was like, you, you changed positions. You had to get a different angle. I was like, no, I didn't move. It was the most bizarre thing. So he, and he looked at it physically. It wasn't just in the picture. I mean, he looked at it physically and it was different. It was changed. And he was standing there. Another girl saw it too. She saw it too, but I asked him if he would send me the picture because I wanted to be able to retell the story and show the picture. Oh, that would, yeah. And I, and I gave him my number and everything. And he's like, yeah. And I go, you have to send me this. And he never did. He never sent it to me. And it turns out we find out that he's a very private person with his miracles. Like he's one of those that just like, doesn't want to sensationalize it, you know, by sharing it, it kind of devalues it or somehow, or he doesn't want people saying, Oh, you moved. And that's, a, you know, he doesn't want people out there saying it. Yeah. So he doesn't share yeah, it. That's understandable. That's understandable that you don't want people to degrade. I, but she intentionally gave him a miracle. Yeah. Few of us have found out about it, you know, was we could see that these things are happening. Yeah, it was, um, it was for him. Yes. Like, like you said, it's, but that's what the blessed mother does. She gives us all miracles in different ways. Yeah. So, um, what else? Uh, the, um, I just remember that day, father Leon talked about in his homily, we don't take, we don't put stock in one priest or uh, a man. We, we have to just shut up and pray. He says, <laughs> remember that was his message. Just yes. If, and if everybody doesn't know father Leon, that's his way of uh, speaking he gives you a little humor along with all the other beautiful yeah. sayings of the mass yeah but he, he's just down to earth and it was just delightful to hear him say that yeah he was he's very quirky and funny and um he'll he shoots straight from the hip he makes no bones about it he'll tell you what you need to hear not what you want to hear necessarily so um yes that's very important yeah. what you need to hear mm -hmm. not what you want to hear um we go back to the hotel and remember just even just the walk to church how fabulous that was just in a simple village on the dirt road through the vineyards walking you know hang a left at the uh jewelry store you know <laughs> remember is like there, I don't even remember seeing road signs but I, I'm sure there were um it was so there was very little very little identification because all the streets really didn't have names 
And so that's the way they got around in those days. They it, just went to this street or this street. Well, we were kind of taking a shortcut. We didn't go through the main roads. We were going through the fields. <laughs> we wanted to go through the fields, yes, to enjoy the beautiful day, the, the vineyards, the, the fresh air, the, yeah. and the goats. The oh, sheep. Shannon's got a story. The sheep. We saw <laughs> sheep. a flock of sheep. Well, there's goats there, too. The goats, yeah, yeah. But we saw a flock of sheep and an actual shepherd. I've got that on video, too. I'll have to share. <laughs> and that was so interesting to me. I've never seen a flock of sheep and a shepherd. Like, he was tending to them. And to me, when we were walking through this, there, it was um, the lady that was selling the souvenirs. It was right in the middle of this field, all out there, all by herself in the wind. And we were just amazed at her merchandise. She showed me a picture of the Blessed Mary, the one that uh, everyone says is the closest they can possibly come to look like her, although it could never be duplicated. So you and I both purchased some rosaries. We, we knew that she was just making a little bit of money because they've been suffering in poverty for so long. So we wanted to spend a lot of our money there. And we did it not only once, but we did it again. Oh, I was trickling money with every, we everywhere I went. Time. I couldn't stop. Yeah. That's the other funny thing. Like, I got to tell you, I don't normally shop for souvenirs. I am not a trinket person. And that's just one of the things I noticed when I was there. I couldn't get enough of it. Every time we walked in a store, I was like, everything seems so pretty and so meaningful. And I got to get this. I got to get that. And who can I get this for? And I just wanted it all. It was in the metals. Everything was so symbolic because we know everything has meaning there articles that we found was very personal to us and we wanted to buy them to share our feelings with other people and give them a blessing of having something from Medjugorje everywhere I've ever been and I've traveled a lot I've never had that kind of experience where I just I need to take it back with me I have to figure out a way to take this back with me because I don't know if I'm going to get here again you know oh that was so interesting. We did the Stations of the Cross up Apparition Hill too. And I just remember being so overwhelmed at the station where the part where he was scourged. And that one just took my breath away. I just, for some reason, was so impacted by that. Because I remember seeing it in the Passion for Christ and just being bawling, just overwhelming bawling. So when he was scourged, and then of course, when he was crucified, the actual nails in the hand, it just brought tears to my eyes. I was just weeping. So that's something we did. A few times we did the Stations of the Cross. We went to confession that day. It was so cold that night. I was dying. You took it like a champ. And I'm like, you're not even dressed warm enough. It was so cold. We had gloves on and we're waiting in this line for at least 45 minutes, an hour. And we're just chatting up with the ladies in the line. And we got to be really good friends with Anne and Chris. Remember, do you want to tell us your experience? So this is something that everyone should do when you first get to Medjugorje. As soon as possible, you got to hit the confession. And um, because of COVID, we had to do it outside. Poor Father Leon was shivering in his shoes. He was like rocking back and forth. <laughs> so unfortunately, and he had stayed out there so long and, and he yeah. does not hold. So, but he was doing his diligence, but trying to get everybody hurried up. So when I went to confession, because I was so wanting now, I've been struggling with thinking about confession because of course, as a Protestant, we don't do that. We don't confess to other people. And so I knew how important it was. So I went to go to him and he saw me. And as I sat down, because he recognized me, I do believe, I know he did because the two of us, we had talked with him and he recognized me. And I just said, or as I sat down, I know I took, yeah, 
took the Eucharist when I, and not being a Catholic, I knew that that was not what they want you to do. But I had been told that if you feel it in your heart, that the Catholics will let you do that. But he was amazed and he didn't like that I wasn't Catholic, that I should have said something. And in, and I said, I, and he says, you can't do Eucharist uh, unless you walk through all the steps. He just said, I want you to go back to where you came from and just where go you to came from. <laughs> and go back where you came and, from. Lady. <laughs> It would take him too long and he didn't want to spend the time. So I was kind of thrown out of confession. So you didn't get to talk about any other, you didn't get to discuss anything. Nothing. But don't you find it interesting that the Holy Spirit kind of stirred within you? Because we did not have this talk, what you were going to say. Like I, I put together my list of what, you know, what I wanted to confess, but we didn't talk about this. And you, the first thing that you said was, father, I took the the communion and what made you say that, Mom? That's the Holy Spirit. I knew that he would have recognized me. And so I just wanted to start and just remind him. And and his eyes just went so huge and was kind of overwhelmed. He's like, take it back. <laughs> I back. Yes. But I was disappointed because to do that in Medjugorje is supposed to have such a cleansing, beautiful mm-hmm to set the stage for the things that you're going to feel and see in Medjugorje. But it, he has this little humor and he just kind of dismissed me. Mm-hmm. And I wondered if that night that he did a confession, that he threw me out of confession. <laughs> confessed and he didn't get a confession in for you. <laughs> I know that's so funny, Mom. Um, yeah, it, it, truly, I think a lot of it had to do with it being so cold. We're a little cut off. I mean, I it's supposed to be so, I, mean, I wish we could have gone back and did it another time, but we didn't get a chance. Everything was so jam-packed. I remember mine just being pretty quick too, literally three minutes. And that's pretty short. I noticed that most people's confessions were 10 minutes, you know, about 10 yeah, Well, it got shorter and shorter as you got to the line. You felt like you didn't want to hold everyone else up too, because I don't know how they were going to get theirs in. Yeah, I know. So that was a little choppy because we didn't get a full confession experience. So we need a redo. <laughs> got to go back. Then after that, we went to the chapel inside and we got to poke our heads and get a little warm where it was wall to wall, elbow to elbow people kneeling and they were having a mass. They were having international mass. That's what we're catching. And it was all in a different language and we didn't have the interpretation. So we were just kind of checking it all out. Um, so we got a little warm and then we came around the church and that's when we went to the risen Christ statue. And I had told other people that didn't even know what it was or the significance. They had no idea. I was blown away. We had people there who had never even really known all the details, the ins and outs of Medjugorje, the history. They just knew it was the Blessed Mother was appearing there and let's go because it's got to be a holy place. That's it. And I'm like, you got to check out my podcast and really know what you're seeing here. because <laughs> This place is really special. Anyways, so I yeah. know it, it, it's, it's one of the other main attractions that people go there for that have studied it all Medjugorje and I didn't, I didn't know everything, but I knew of that. And it's so amazing because a miracle happens every seven, 24 seven. Yeah. Every, every seven seconds it's happening when the tear drops and you can see it, you can feel it. And we had our little prayer cloth to wipe it. And we brought some of those home because they can't understand what this liquid is. They can't identify it. It's not water. It's not a tear. It's, it's not a, there's nothing substance that they can identify with this is it doesn't evaporate. 
doesn't freeze, doesn't evaporate. My very next podcast is going to be all on the Risen Christ statue. And it just so happens, it turns out that that ended up being one of my favorite places to be in Medjugorje is down at the foot of the cross in Risen Christ statue, sitting in that little courtyard. So peaceful. The birds are chirping. The leaves are rustling. It was the most peaceful, serene place. Because we were there mostly by ourselves completely. Whereas when you go or the pilgrims are there, uh, there's just hundreds of people circling, waiting their turn mm-hmm. to just touch the statue. So further to what my mom was saying here is we thoroughly enjoyed having Medjugorje all to ourselves. We did notice our storytelling ended up taking about two hours. So I did figure we're going to have to cut this into two separate shows. So I'm going to go ahead and close this out, leaving you with uh, the fact that, of course, we had an incredible, amazing, memorable experience in Medjugorje. And our next part two will go over further details of my experience climbing up Cross Mountain and this very special gentleman that I met who's a local in Medjugorje that is what I call my souvenir gift that keeps on giving. And I will continue to update you about him. I'll also cover a couple more miracles that happened, of course, over our pilgrimage and why Medjugorje is truly a case for grace. Thank you everyone for listening. And until next time, if you or someone you know has a special story about Medjugorje, how it's touched them or changed them or converted them, please, I am waiting to hear from you. You can get a hold of me at miraclesofmedjugoriapodcast at gmail.com. Thank you and God bless. Mm-hmm.